Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Well, hello Ray, how are you? I'm good, thanks. What about yourself? Yeah, pretty good. I've still got this lingering sore throat, which is a bit of a pain. So hopefully people can hear me because it's croaky. Oh dear. Um, (laughs) And I'll keep my distance over here. Yeah, absolutely. We are meeting in person, for anyone listening, um, still. Um, and so, if, and if this is the first time you're listening, you're incredibly welcome. Um, so I'm sitting with my friend Ray, and this is Ray's take. So following our Sunday service, um, we dig a little deeper into the subject um, and spend sort of 15, 20 minutes uh, where I quiz Ray and he expands our theological understanding or whatever we've done on Sunday. You were actually with us yes, yes. in church on Sunday. That's a rarity. It's a rarity, but it's a necessity. Um, it's quite a complex procedure to get me to St Paul's. <laughs> so when Nicola is preaching at St Mark's, um, it's vastly easier to load me in the back of the car and <laughs> dig, me, dig me out when we get to St Mark's and I, I come and prop up a pew for the duration. Well it was a real it was a real treat and obviously since last winter we have heaters. How did you how did you find the heaters? That was I'm, I mean they weren't on when we arrived. Yeah. Uh, so I got the contrast yeah of them coming on um, shortly afterwards and they were a, a great blessing. They yeah. can warm the head a little bit and the feet can be cold. That's the only negative with those. Oh, I think head, therefore, yes. That's, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know, Nicola is Ray's wife and Nicola preached for us on Sunday. And so I'm particularly intrigued about what you're going to say um, about this. And I, I just did have a quick question. In all of Nicola's preparation for Sunday, w- were you guys talking about it? No, um, not at all. So, in, right, so there's been... Com- Complete independence. She has been in the commentaries, putting together her talk, yep. and and now we're going to have a different take. Or what? Well, we'll see what we get. Well, just bear in mind that um, Nicola Bless has sat under my preaching ministry for forty odd years. Yes, and um, so that could have a formative in um, aspect to it. Um, <laughs> added to which, my source of information is the commentaries you see around you. We're in my study here. Mm. And um, there are a whole set of Matthew Henry. There's Mm. a whole set behind, two sets behind me. And um, also there's a selection of the best commentaries recommended um, by Jim Packer of great fame. Who I, I don't know Jim Packer. Jim Packer, oh one of the one of the holy men of evangelicalism, one of the founders. Um went to work in Canada eventually and um he wrote a, a leaflet or booklet um on the commentaries 
to go for if you can get them, most of them out of print. And um, gosh, how do you get them now? Just well, second hand, you, you, you look on second hand book lists, wow. And um, many of mine, and it, in fact, the Matthew Henry is a second hand set which I had rebound. Oh, um, goodness, because I was just looking, these ones here, they yeah. obviously no one can see what I'm doing, but they look lovely and pristine condition. Oh, they are rebound, rebound, yeah. wow. But uh, the contents within are complete. A slight tangent here, but how old are these commentaries? They were last century. Wow, yeah. Yeah. And then there are things like um, The Holiest of All by Andrew Murray. Murray yeah. On, um, on I've never even heard of this publisher, Oliphants. Oliphants. Um, well, they're American, I think. Oh, right. Um, although, they must have some connection with the UK. And Erdman's. Erdman's again, yes. I haven't heard of them. No. no. Well, there are fewer publishers nowadays. But obviously, you've got some Zondervan and IVP, which is a good publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's so Nicola's had the same so she library. Has had the same <laughs> resources as I had. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so it's good. Good. Well, I mean, if it's on, um, I'll talk the talk from Sundays on YouTube. You can get it through our website, stmarksjersey.com. So if anyone wanted to hear sort of Nicholas' take on it, um, you can go to that. And obviously, we're now going to have your take on it, which is great. So I'll, I'll read the the passage, uh, and then we'll go to go to you for your take. And for anyone who is following in their Bibles, I'd always encourage you to you know to open the Bible and follow it as as I read it. Um, I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version, but there are many other other translations which um, which are good as well. Um, so we are in Romans 13, starting at verse 8. Romans 13, verse 8, going down to the end of the chapter. <clears> Owe <throat> oh, no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summoned up in this word. You shall love that your neighbour is yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbour. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarrelling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Right. Mm -hmm. Lots in there. Lots. And two fairly distinct sections. The first one reminding his readers of the shall we say, the negative content of the law, um, though not really negative, in that it uh, can be fairly clear from that what the standards are. Yeah. And 
but setting out the standards of godly behaviour, um, which was the root, I suppose, of the Old Testament law, and making clear that that is understood and accepted as the challenge for living, but underlying it is law, is love. And that is said out here, love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour. Therefore, love is the fulfilment or completion. I suppose it's a slightly marginally better word. Completion. It completes, it fills out yeah. the law. So it doesn't negate the law, which remains, but love is the thing that gives it substance. It's almost like, don't worry about all the individual laws. Love, this is the summary, this is... The focus and the underpinning of everything. Uh, yes, but it's not saying don't don't worry about the law. No, that's it's, true. It's just it's, saying it's 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 saying keep the law. Yeah, but there is a a greater uh, reality in love, and so it's, in a way, it's saying in order to understand the law, it's summed up in this word, the end of verse nine. Yeah. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. Yes, yeah. yes, that that gives a in a in a sense it almost gives a reason why law is is good sense. Yeah, because if we love one another, then we're going to obey the law. Yeah, we also have a resource in Christ to do so, mm. um, but it doesn't get us off the hook. So to speak. Unfortunately. <laughs> no, exactly. And so that becomes, in a way, the foundation block that's set in place first in his argument here. Mm. And then he goes on, on the basis of that, to speak of the days near. And to his sense here and do this understanding the present time understanding the present time it's it's having a grasp of the realities of God's plan and purpose um, that's how I see that the first bit of this as I was reading it up up to verse up to, up to, the, up to the end of verse 10 yeah I'm kind of yeah that's easy I can kind of comprehend it all Verse 11, there's a few bits in there that are a bit abstract. And what is it saying? I, I think there's a, almost a bit of a jump at, first, at the end of verse 10, but um, nonetheless, it's, it's, it's pertinent. And it says, and, and do this, in other words, obey the law and love one another, understanding the present time. Understanding means getting a real hold on the purposes of God. And understanding the present time means what is God doing? What is God's plan in all this? What is his purpose? What does it mean, though, at the, end of, well, the middle of verse 11, uh, you know, the hours come for you to wake from sleep? Yep. What does it mean? In, it's not literal sleep. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, it means that you have taken almost in danger of taking a rest from uh, uh, take take his gen, general um, perhaps his audience who who knows who he was 
writing to, but it would include his Jewish context as well as his Gentile context. Yeah. And um, he, he's writing and saying, look, you, we've, we've come to an understanding that the law doesn't save you, um, love does, and all of that, um, but don't rest on your laurels. Don't sit back and think, oh, well, that's, that's nice. You, um, I think some people can read Romans and think, oh, well, I've been let off. Yes. Uh, but, and, and in fact, Paul addresses that elsewhere in the epistle, um, that you know, it's not a matter of leaving God's regulations out of the reckoning. Mm. We obey that is still pertinent and he likens that it seems to me um to to falling asleep on the job that you got a task to complete and you are uh, i don't know how to put it quite how do you wake from slumber that you've gone to sleep in the light of the challenge that is there so in a way you know so then verse 12 the night is far gone the day is at hand is that almost is that is that a metaphor saying it's not the time to sleep no it's day it's you know we we are living in the last days yeah now that may not be literal in the sense that um the last days have been going on for a long time um but nonetheless we don't know the timing any more than anybody else does. Um, and the speculation that is rife oh, goodness, about yeah. the return of Christ, for instance. Um, we don't know when that is. We don't know when it will be. We have to live as if. And the as if is as if it's imminent. Um, and therefore, we've got to wake up and stop putting our feet up and having an easy ride Mm. Um, and and that is such I think a challenge here the night I mean the night it's nearly over the day is almost here again trying to address the immediacy of what (coughs) is going to happen Mm. we don't know when we do know it will so we know the second coming of Christ is is spoken of more frequently than any other subject in the New Testament. Gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and Jesus in his teaching referred to it so very frequently. Um, and we need to take that on board. Yeah. Where we go... I mean, it's quite fascinating that the world has done to this season of Advent when we, when we are focusing on the second coming of Christ, that the world has largely forgotten it, rejected it, um, and the church follows suit. And that's something we spoke about off... Off air. Off air. Last, last week. week. Oh, yeah, and it did. Ch- it really challenged me because, you know, it, I think it was even mid-October, before October half-term, halfway through the autumn term... I saw the first mince pie in, in one of the supermarkets. Yeah. And so Christmas, we're celebrating Christmas Day and really too early. Yeah. Um, I really did challenge me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 
where, whereas the reality is the church has set aside this first season of the year between throughout basically up to December the 25th or 24th to be precise mm. and um, as a period when we reflect upon and consider the implications of the return and Christ in the judgment at the end and we have got that wonderful provision to face up to realities to wake from our slumber so that we're not sort of just allowing things to muddle on we're, we're, we're facing up to the reality of what is coming and that's what is being stressed here is the, that this is nearer than it was and at the very least that is true well yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and um, time yeah. always moves forward yeah you know yeah and we have to face that and, and, and in fact I find it an exciting time mm. and apart from anything else there are um, in terms of worship there is good substantial worship music that is entirely based on the on the return of Christ, um, and if we don't have it in Advent, we don't have it at all. Mm, um, yeah. So I, I I love my Advent music. To, Lo, he comes with clouds descending, and you know, the, the, it conjures up wonderful imagery, which we must be very careful with. But nonetheless, there are elements of truth encapsulated in that. And it truly is wonderful. And to, to read the scriptures about the return of Christ is so full of wonderful truth. Uh, and I, I just love to read it um, with some careful understanding mm. of course but to get you excited and this is the hope we hold on for yeah yeah so nicola kind of touched on it on sunday but am i right in saying so we've got this first part verse 11 to um 12 yeah. basically saying wake up yes and then after that once you're awake there are two elements potentially you correct me if i'm wrong okay. firstly is a there's a spiritual element yep. to casting off darkness and putting on armor of light which yep. she referred to you know armor of god in ephesians but then there's a practical side to it as well because verse 13 let us walk properly does that is that saying there's a choice we have to make to take the right path when we have options so in when once we're awake two things there's a spiritual element and there's a practical choice element is that right or would you say something different no i would say that's much much as I would see it and um, clearly there's a challenge he's speaking into a context um, and that context um, is perhaps um, gone a bit soft on Christian commitment right um, and therefore there is that which is inappropriate um, and he he's contrasting two lifestyles you know, in a way yeah um, he's being 
positive first, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and then negative second. Um, and he's addressing the dangers which will result from a slack and wrong approach to Christian life. Can I ask then, because some people may not know, in verse 12 then, how do we cast off the works of darkness and put on the armour of light? Yeah, yeah. It is, cast off is, I suppose it comes across to me as you, you put on a set of clothing which is appropriate for your lifestyle. Um, you put on Christ. We are Christians first, and Christ is to be all-encompassing in our lives. We take off that which will undermine that, destroy it, militate against it, and all that is ungodly and unholy and contrary to Scripture, um, so that it's, it's a picture of removing and and putting on appropriate clothing so that you are that, that's the phraseology here but in a spiritual sense is it through prayer yes it, it's it's through prayer it's through commitment it, it's through feeding the spiritual and denying the physical yeah um, it's it's not an, e an easy concept, self-denial, these days. No, not at all. Um, but if we are to live godly lives and if we are to come, become filled with the Spirit of Christ, then we have to make, we basically have to make room for the Spirit of God. So the armour of light, do you see that being reference to the armour of God in Ephesians? Or not I don't so much? think it's necessarily a direct... Um, connection but it's nonetheless implied yeah because obviously in that armor of god you know we've, we've got the shield of faith and we've got yeah. the, the breastplate of righteousness and, and yeah. so on and so these are things that i know people who in their morning they may pray through these things and yes. put on the armor of god literally yeah. you know in yeah. a spiritual sense bit by bit bit by bit yes and um, that can be a, a helpful spiritual discipline yeah and one that you the, the danger with disciplines is that they become habits. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. need to refresh that from time to time. Yeah. And by putting on, you're doing something very positive, and that's important. It's, it's not a, a spiritual habit. It's, a, it's an active thing that you consider what you're doing when you're putting on... The, well, taking up the sword of the spirit, which is so important. You know, whatever you're doing, you do so thoughtfully and in such a way as to grow in that commitment. Yeah. Is it to do this passage of misjustice uh, to an injustice to boil it down to the bit about light and just say, in your day, focus on Jesus and focus on that side of it rather than the desires of the flesh so yeah i mean certainly that is the 
implication of what it's saying. Focus on Christ. Feed your spiritual requirements consistently and really and deny sustenance to your ungodly side. Yeah. So there's the flesh, good old, or the word it's used to translate sarks. Sarks? Yeah, well, just a ah. bit of Greek, <laughs> if I remember rightly. Um, but put on, get rid of, don't, don't su- sustain your physical demands and desires which are in some respects ungodly Mm. I mean there's normal physical requirements to keep you going Um, but there are those that are identified here um, quite clearly as unhelpful ungodly and unholy I love how scripture and modern science, you know, obviously the many Christians who are scientists and science, I I love it when science just explains and helps. They just it always goes hand in hand with scripture. But this not feeding the bad stuff, how neurology tells us that the more we do an action, when we do an action, neurons fly down, create neural pathways. The more frequently we do that. The gap gets wider and wider and therefore it's like water. It flows more easily down that way. And so if we have a choice, a good choice and a bad choice, the more often we take the bad choice, the wider those neural pathways become in our brain, the more easily it goes that way. And this is exactly what it's saying here. And this is precisely that. And if we if we nurture the bad, It'll grow. It'll grow, yeah. It'll demand more. Yeah. The more it's given, the more it wants. And this was written 2,000 years ago. Yes. You know, unbelievable. It's yeah. just, it, it's yeah. so relevant today. Yeah. yeah. In our, I, it's always been relevant, but I see so many people who are in, getting into bad lifestyles, bad habits. I'm sure that's always been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so, so relevant today. Yeah. And he puts it all in the context of the end times, doesn't he? Go on. And that, to me, is telling, so that we have a a window of opportunity before Christ returns, and then there is judgment. We have a window of opportunity and a window of grace Mm. to get it right. This is verse 11. Yeah. For salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Absolutely. And now we have that opportunity, by grace, to respond, to sort out our priorities. Um, and that's what this is about, in a way. So to sum up, we are, this is our talk following Advent Sunday. Correct. A period of looking forward to the second coming. Correct. What is your take-home message? Is it that verse 11 or what is it? <laughs> I, I, I think you could do worse than that uh, <laughs> yes to wake up <laughs> and I, that's a message to myself and me yeah because I physically sleep quite a lot 
<laughs> I go to bed early. I, I sleep during the day, and there's not an, a huge amount left of wakefulness. So don't rest on your laurels, Ray. So is I must, that? I must. Um, but in the light of the challenge, of the certainty affirmed by Jesus, confirmed by the writers to the of the epistles that Jesus is coming again, coming as judge, coming as Lord, coming in the clouds, coming with the angels, coming with the trumpets of heaven, <laughs> and coming he is. And the Bible ends, even so, come Lord Jesus, with a, a prayer. And that is that opportunity of grace to live a life that is appropriate in that context and for which you wouldn't be ashamed to stand before him. Mm. That will be a beacon for those who need to find him. And you need to be that, not get bogged down with the things of darkness. Book shut. Shut. Yep. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. See you next week. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.